The Holy Gospel of our Lord, Savior, and Savior Jesus Christ, according to Mark. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus said, in those days after that suffering, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man is coming in clouds with great power and great glory. Then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree, learn its lesson. As soon as its branches become tender and put forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But about that day or hour, no one knows. Neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Beware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with their, his own work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on the watch. Therefore, keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come in the evening or at midnight or at the cockcrow or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he suddenly comes. And when I say to you, and what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. The gospel of our Lord, praise to you, Lord Christ. Today begins the season of Advent, which in the church is also the beginning of our new year. Happy New Year to all. As we change our liturgical readings, we shift into what is known as Year B in our reading cycles. Over the course of three years, A, B, and C, we read the majority of scripture. Year B is where we focus on the Gospel of Mark. And at this beginning, every year in Advent, though we are all anxiously waiting for a manger and the Christ child and cute animals and stars and shepherds and kings, we begin somewhere else. The new year, when we look towards the birth of Christ, we also look towards another coming of Christ, the second coming that fills our imagination and our scriptures and our literature, and frankly, is where there's much more said in scripture than there is about the baby Jesus. This can be a bit disconcerting. It's not quite what we want to hear. An end of the world story is not what we tend to sign up for in Advent, and yet is what we are given. We hear this year the words from Mark, foretelling the second coming of Christ, warning us to be awake, and painting a somewhat bleak picture. 
for all these things will pass away except for Christ's words. This gospel contains the characteristics of apocalyptic texts. It creates a duality between good and bad. It puts us or the reader or the listener in the set mindset of believing that things look pretty bad, that they're pretty bleak. The state of the world is not good. There's an imminence to the end of the world. We hear that in the line that before this generation passes away, these things will take place. And there is judgment between the good and the bad, the sleepers and those who are awake. These are the characteristics of an apocalyptic text. And here in Mark, we hear them. We also hear them in the book of Isaiah, a time when things look bleak and Isaiah calls upon God to do something about it. Now, part of the problem with apocalyptic texts is that in our modern mindset, we have a very particular view of what those mean. Hollywood has filled our imaginations with what the end of the world will look like. There will be floods and storms and aliens and all sorts of other things. It will be dire and bleak of natural disasters. It is something that we will not recover from. In the Christian imagination, I feel that this gets picked up on, especially in churches that are very focused on that apocalyptic promise. Now, this is not something necessarily the Episcopal Church focuses that much on. You will rarely, I hope never, hear me stand up and say the end is near. If I do, check in with me. But in the Christian church, this has become part of the story, preparing for end times, preparing for the second coming of Christ. And it's painted as a very finite moment. We live in this world and someday Christ will come and everything will change. And yes, there's a very literal interpretation of scripture that we can take to get to that. But I think it fails to serve us in the way in which apocalyptic scriptures are meant to serve us. The history of these texts is long. They appear over and over, Isaiah and Daniel, throughout Jewish scriptures and within Christian scriptures, we talk about the second coming and we talk about it within this apocalyptic imagination. And we fail to fully live into the beauty of these stories if we think of it as one future event that will change everything. Because frankly, we are in constant seasons of ends and beginnings. We live within cycles of death and new birth and resurrection. Look at our liturgical year, every year, we cycle back through these same stories. We prepare once again for the birth of the Christ child. In the spring, we will once again prepare for the crucifixion and wait with hope for the resurrection. We embody the cycles of death and of life. It is a constant in our world that things will change, that some things will pass away and that new things will come up in their midst. 
The point of an apocalyptic text of these end time scriptures are to speak to people who exist in times of great despair and oppression. They speak not just about a preferential option for those on the margins, but they speak directly to those on the margins who are oppressed, who are suffering, who feel separated from God. And this year, we have almost a universal understanding of that despair. This is not the advent any of us would have imagined or dreamed of. We do not want to be sitting on Zoom, looking at each other in these little squares. We want to be in these pews. We want to be here to see our advent wreath, to see our sanctuary dressed in purple. We want to pray and wait for the Christ child together. But instead, we are entering nine months of separation and quarantine and of fear of hundreds of thousands of illnesses and deaths. It's not hard to look and find the mood to which these scriptures spoke. We exist in it perhaps more than ever before. These scriptures speak to us. They speak to the world in which we currently inhabit. They speak to our sadness and our grief. And they speak to our hope. Because that is the heart of these texts. These texts that predict the end. The end is not the fiery judgment of whether or not we've lived a good life. The end is the end of our suffering. And look at the human suffering that is happening around the world. The suffering, not just from a virus, but from loneliness and isolation and disconnect. For me, I've spent the last several months being away from my community, being away from you all. And that was lonely, lonelier than I expected it to be even with my family surrounding me with a sweet little baby in my arms, we are in desperate need of community to pray together and to seek God's hope together. In fact, I think it's one of the great failings of churches that focus on these end times where you will hear the end is near shouted from a pulpit because they are so focused on personal salvation get right with God and you will be saved. It's not about the individual experience, but about the end of communal suffering. It's about reconnecting us with one another and all of us as a society, as a world, as a church community, finding our way out of that despair, finding our way back towards God. When we can focus on the communal rather than the individual, as we do when we gather here, even if it's on Zoom and not in person, when we light these candles together, when we speak of God's hope, we are being that comfort and that joy and the embodiment of hope for one another. That is the great promise of Advent, that Christ comes not just for us, but for our neighbors, 
that the hope embodied by God in the tiniest of people is there for all of us. It is not about a final time that is coming, but about the end to our current suffering and the rebirth into new life and new hope that we are empowered to create and to bring together. It is about, and you will hear me say this over and over, it is about the embodiment of the kingdom of God here and now. And we do that best when we are together. We accomplish that when we are in community. God has the strength to hear our laments. It is a great gift of scripture that we can hear Isaiah crying out to God, that we hear the Psalms calling for something else. God can take our laments and with our community, we can find the strength for hope. That is what it means to be awake, to be connected with one another, to be awake to our spiritual lives and needs, to be even awake to our suffering, our despair, our sadness, our grief, to name it and lay it in front of God and to show up for one another and to be here even in the midst of isolation, so that together we can do the work of creating the kingdom. That's where we find the hope. That's how we get to December 24th, where we get to hear that beautiful story. Because not everything changes that day. We'll get to the birth of the Christ child and still there is great danger for Mary and Joseph and Jesus. God incarnate does not fix everything, but is that piece of hope that is planted within us so that we can take that hope to create the world we want to live in. I join with you in the oddness of this season, but I speak, at least for myself, in saying that this this digital gathering is so much better than not having it at all. That it is a balm for my soul as I return to you all after these months. And I hope we can stay awake to the ways in which it can continue to feed us and that we can hold hope that there's going to be a day that we're back in this space, sitting in these pews that God is not gone, that God is right here on the screen with us and in each of you and in this community. And that is the blessing and hope I have so desperately been needing. Amen.